It's a Mulcair Monday. Former NDP leader and leader of the opposition, Thomas Mulcair, is here to offer his insight on all kinds of political matters. Nice to have you. Happy Monday, sir. Good to be with you, John. So Jagmeet Singh once again unleashing on the Liberals, also on Pierre Polyev at a BC NDP convention. But you always have to roll your eyes, Thomas Mulcair. I mean, Jagmeet Singh is blasting the guy he's holding hands with. Exactly. And that's what people are going to be telling him on the doorstep, John, in the next campaign, because now he can start railing all he wants against Justin Trudeau. But he's been voting with him and he signed a deal with him to support him and to give him the majority that voters did not give him. You know, Trudeau was given a minority. But thanks to Singh, he has a majority you know, in all but name and he can go about his business and get anything that he wants adopted. So what are we sensing here? What are we actually looking at? Well, there is one concrete thing, which is an impending piece of legislation that the Liberals have promised under their deal with the NDP to bring forward before Christmas, which has to do with pharmacare. We know that there's no time before Christmas to get this thing through, but they have to show some good faith. I was listening to some of the reactions, you know, Mark Holland, who used to be the House leader, who's now the health minister, sort of rolling his eyes saying, well, I'm sure we can get this through by Christmas, but he, he knows darn well that that's impossible. So Singh has to show that he's upset about this. He's laid down a marker that this system has to be 100% public, meaning run by bureaucrats, as opposed to having a hybrid system where you keep some of the private insurance companies. And he's trying to say that that's a much better thing and he'll stop it. So he would prefer to have an ideologically pure solution in his view as opposed to actually getting help to families if this you know if push comes to shove trudeau is not going to be moving on this there was a clear indication from christia freeland that the money's not there so what does singh have to do in this situation well he's watching some of his support bleed over to the conservatives this is an actual thing when you're in the ndp i lived it we used to call them you know orange blue switchers people who are close to the base working uh, hard you know trying to get by with their family and the guy who's talking to them for the past year and a half is named pierre poilievre and he's getting a lot of their votes so singh's got to try to shore up his base and get ready to walk on his deal with trudeau which by the way doesn't determine whether or not there'll be an election john because you know as well as i do that the blood quebecois has more seats than the ndp and they're not about to defeat Trudeau. They don't want an election at all. Yeah, but I also have to think the NDP can always pat itself on the back and say, we're getting the things done that we wanted to get done. And if we leave, absolutely. then we're going to get a conservative who isn't going to do anything for us. Uh, that's absolutely true. And some of the stuff that they did get done, for example, the dental care for kids, that's something that you can be sure Poiliev's conservatives would get rid of the next morning right after they were elected. And by the way, normally social programs are a good way of ensuring something continues. It's harder to get rid of a social program that's well ingrained, but this one is quite new. And I don't think that uh, Poiliev is going to hesitate for one second to get rid of it. Pharmacare won't even be in place before the next election. It's something that the Liberals have literally talked about in their programs for about 30 years. They've, they've always talked about getting to it, but they just haven't had time. And now they won't have time before Christmas and they're just going to keep stalling. Okay, so this uh, two Michaels business is a bit more Jean Le Carre oh, than I can handle. I'm hoping maybe you can put uh, some sort of insight into this. This is Michael Kovarig and Michael Spaver. And in an exclusive in the Globe and Mail on the weekend, yes. they effectively, one's accusing the other of selling them out. Yes, exactly. And you have Global Affairs Canada 
chiming in and dismissing the idea that the formerly imprisoned Canadians were involved in espionage after th- that report. So you go figure this one out for me. I don't, I don't know. I, I've, I've read this thing five times now. I'm still trying to understand how one of them is winding up in a position where he says he's going to sue the Canadian government for having used the other guy who was then the reason, because then he gave some of the information himself and that somehow he wound up in jail in China. This all against the background of Canada's detention of Meng Wanzhou, the second in command at Huawei. We all remember that. That was Donald Trump trying to get a better trade deal. And I've always maintained that if you read the Extradition Act, we shouldn't have been holding her. So now we've got these two guys who were heroes when they came back. You know, they would attend sports events and be applauded. Now that they're blaming each other and there's a lawsuit in the works. Uh, good luck with that. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Yeah, it certainly puts it all in a new light, though. Remember how we identified them effectively as these two innocent guys who've been swept off the street by an exactly. addictive Chinese government just trying to settle scores with Canada, and maybe they were actually exactly. involved in spying. Yeah, and that's why they're fighting back so hard at Global Affairs Canada, because they don't want this thing to come back and, and hit us in the head. You know, the quote from them over the weekend was perfect, you know, perpetuating the notion that either Michael was involved in espionage is only perpetuating a false narrative under which they were detained by China. Really? So these guys are making this stuff up. Is that that's that's the the working hypothesis of Global Affairs Canada that none of this can have been true, and I don't think that that makes any sense as an explanation. There has to be some element of truth in the accusation, but it's just going to get so bogged down, John, for the very reason you just gave. I mean, how do you begin to decipher this? A top military officer is fretting about the future of the Pacific Fleet. I have to confess, I didn't know we had a Pacific <laughs> Fleet. I think I visited it one day. It was, it was in dry dock. Um, look, uh, it, the Canadian Armed Forces are so forgotten by the Trudeau Liberals. I mean, we're, we're way down the list of people contributing, you know, the 2% that we're supposed to contribute of our, of our GDP as a member of NATO. We're not even close to that, John. And we're just getting worse. And it's so disingenuous. You know, this is a, a rhetorical game that gets played by governments. So when they decided to cut a billion dollars, because they cut a billion dollars from the proposed defense budget, the answer from the people around Trudeau, and indeed Trudeau in the House, was to say, well, no, 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 I'm not cutting the budget. The budget's actually going up. That's true. The budget is going up by $1 billion less than what had been promised. So they're actually cutting what had been proposed to be the budget. But since these things grow because of inflation otherwise, they're still able to say, no, no, last year's bottom line was actually a bit lower, so we've actually grown it. That's not, it's not true. It's the simplest thing to prove. And yet this is the type of lie that the Hue to, I remember when we were dealing with Harper on healthcare, he used to say, we haven't cut healthcare. Look, look at the bottom line. It goes up because there are structural costs that go up. But of course, they were paring back the actual proportion of what they were paying for healthcare. So it's a bit of a game that gets played. I, I can't say how disturbing it is. You know, we just went through Remembrance Day. We know that Canada was way above its, you know, we punched way above our, our weight category in both world wars. We were there for the conflict in Korea. We've always done what we can, especially since the Second World War. We've been real members of NATO. We invented, you know, the blue helmets and the peacekeeping. We know how to do this stuff. There horribly under-equipped. We're not able to recruit anymore simply because it's not a great place to go and work. And with regard to the Pacific Fleet, uh, as soon as you find a picture of it, send it to me. There'll be two of us who know about it. It's probably a dinghy. Uh, And meanwhile, (laughs) is Quebec subsidizing the NHL? 
This is mind-boggling. So this has been producing rants all over Quebec, and now I get to share it with people in the greater Toronto area. This is an absolutely bizarre decision by the Quebec government. So you recall there used to be an NHL team in Quebec City called the Quebec Nordiques. They did quite well. And then they were sold to Denver, and they've been pining about it ever since. So the Quebec government, under the Liberals, built this massive new arena, totally up to spec for the NHL. And basically, it lies there empty. There's a major junior team that goes in there in a few events, but not much. So what they decided to do is to bring a couple of exhibition games, preseason games, to be more precise, next fall. That's a good idea, show that that the place exists. Somehow, they contrived to spend $7 million of taxpayers' money to attract the LA Kings to play two games. And the average Quebecer is saying, what? You know, Montreal would have done it for free. There are a few other teams that have gone to different cities in the States, and they're not paying a single penny. And this is our finance minister, Eric Girard, touted, by the way, to be a key recruit, we're told, uh, for Pierre Poitier's conservatives in the next election. After this, the analysts are all saying... Good luck. You know, there's no nobody's going to want to touch this guy. He went in front of the cameras. He couldn't explain for love or money, especially money, what he was doing, why they were giving seven million. You know, you have to remember that every single player on these NHL teams teams is a millionaire and they all play for billionaires and they're giving them taxpayers money to come and do a couple of preseason games. Anyway, people are still in fit, having fits over it in Quebec. So now everybody in Toronto knows as well. Yeah, well, it's Canada's Alabama. Thanks a lot. Hey. <laughs> Take care. Thanks. That's Thomas Mulcair.